our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. What's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Thank you for joining me on the No Bad Dogs podcast. Beautiful day here in New York. I was just on the road for three weeks. What a whirlwind that was. We went to Canada, if you guys know that. Uh, some of you do. Went to Canada. We did a seminar in Toronto and Calgary. Both wonderful, beautiful. I did a seminar, or I did a podcast on it, actually, episode 199. Um, today's episode was actually supposed to be with my wife. She was like, I'm going to do episode 200. So she's not here <laughs> because we just got back from three weeks and we have a 10-month-old and we have a dog that was staying with our relatives and we have a business and we are playing catch-up. But I didn't want to wait around. I did not want to wait around to give you guys your podcast. And I also love doing podcasts. Today's episode is going to be answering a lot of questions and also me just kind of diving into the things that we have coming up. And uh, we're going to be answering some really great questions too. So there's going to be a lot of value and a lot of storytelling and all that stuff. But haven't done one of these in a <clears throat> in a while of kind of mixing the both. And um, if you're listening to this podcast, just seriously, thank you so much for, for listening and joining. And a um, couple things that we're doing, <clears throat> we uh, just announced the UK tour, or I'm sorry, the London seminar. And the tickets are going to be listed below. Couple changes that we've made on uh, this year. Uh, this is our third year. I'm not exaggerating, guys. Every single time I go to London, it is a. It's like I get high off of the energy of every seminar, but London's special because they're typically the biggest, and they, you know, being that far away from home and working with you guys. Um, so we were going to do Netherlands and we were going to do Scotland, but the venues fell through. Unfortunately, we just couldn't find the right venue. And some of that is because people aren't used to, some people are like used to booking other people and like doing all the work where we have been doing this for so long that like, we just need to find a place that allows dogs and allows us to be there. My team does everything else. We do all the promotion. We do all the we do everything so there's, there's it was just tough so we're not doing anything other than london this year but the game plan was actually to do the whole uk well some of the, most of the uk so london scotland and netherlands but venues thrill fell through and that's okay uh, we still pull a lot of people from london so um tickets are below like i said we have applications for working spots this year we have found over the last year of touring um, 
we want to make sure that the working spots that we're working with really need my help. And so my working spots sell out every seminar. I always have. So they're going to sell out this seminar as well. And uh, sometimes we just work with dog owners who don't have a ton of behavioral problems, which is, I don't want this to come off the wrong way. It's totally fine. I love meeting and working with everybody, puppies included. However, um, there's just a lot of people who were late to the tickets, which is, um, you know, maybe fair for everyone to get tickets before them. But at the same time, I just want to make sure that the, the dogs that we're working with actually need to be working with us because we've had certain situations where there's zero problem. The dog is very well trained and the owners just want to work with me. I have no problems doing that at all. But when I'm in a country once a year and I only have eight spots available, I really want to make sure that the dogs that are there need to see me um, because, you know, there's just no problem anywhere else. And so I'm just mindful of that. So when you go to apply, um, yeah, there's just going to be an application for the working spot just so we can filter through, you know, behavioral stuff, the training that you've done, how old the dog is, things like that. And then I want to say unlimited audits, but... To be honest, for those of you who were there last year or saw the video from last year, and if you haven't seen the video, I'll link it below. It is magical. When we go to London, it is um, just just fucking a vibe. I can't even express and explain. The energy is like you could just taste it in the air. Everybody's just like eager to learn and happy and friendly and everyone's hugging and it's just such a good experience. And I absolutely love it, which is why, you know, at the same time, some people complain about the ticket prices of my tickets, but two things, you're getting somebody who has spent a decade specifically in a specific thing. Um, So it's really inexpensive compared to my normal prices at my facility. It's four times as much to work with me privately. Um, But when we're on seminars, we understand that it's a a different scenario and a different market and, um, but it also attracts the right people. So we've had that question last time when we were in, I think, Canada, uh, Toronto, maybe. Yeah, the Toronto seminar, people were like, I've never been at a seminar where it's just felt this friendly and nice. And I'm like, well, that's because my ticket prices are high because people who are here really want to be here and they understand the message and they're part of the No Bad Dog Army philosophy and they understand like, hey, I'm, I'm here to learn, you're here to learn. So it's a beautiful thing. So tickets are on sale, people. September, what is it? Let me just check. It's September. Um, I should have it, right? I should have it right here. I don't. Uh, let me just pull it up for you guys. But it's in September. We're doing two days. We're doing Saturday and Sunday. And we're also doing the Level Up program. So this is the exciting thing that we're also adding to um, the seminar this year is we – the amount of people that have okay so the it's 16th and 17th of September in Beaconsfield again or Beaconsfield however you want to say it the amount of people that like I don't have a ton of time after so we work until usually like five and there's last time there was over 70 people and I would say 70% of them are dog trainers and I just we all just hung out and talked and laughed and I was delirious but it was a good time but I didn't get a chance to really talk to people about probably what they wanted to. So we have the level up program, which is essentially a ticket that you can buy to hang out with me before the seminar, like officially sit down, talk about, 
your goals and your inspirations and aspirations and motivations to, to do stuff and ask me questions about your dog training career. Or even if you're not in the dog training space, it also gives you an opportunity to like learn how to get into it and how to start. So it's people who have been doing it for 20 years and people who have been wanting to do it for you know a day. And so we also have those tickets available. It's called the Level Up Program or the Level Up Ticket. You're going to be meeting with me, I think, for two hours before the seminar. And then um, you're going to watch me consult with all the working spots. So um, we're going to do a little snack too. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, also, special guest, Will Atherton. So for those of you who know Will, uh, you've heard him on my podcast. He's going to be doing some talks as well. So it's going to be a collab. And uh, I'm, I'm super stoked on it. So tickets are in the link below. All, all of the details. Please, if you have questions, ev- Taylor has written out every single question you could possibly think of in the description. So please, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, go and read. Um, Again, the link is below. You'll see every detail you need to know about the tickets and everything that you need to know. Head over there and check it out. Also, we just did another TV appearance at Fox, um, which was fun. It's always fun. That was like my 12th national television appearance in the last year so we've pretty much been doing it every every month now which is fun but it's also like what is that to me like the creative business side of me is like hmm maybe there's something there every month I'm getting invited to do this so we're thinking about ways that we can actually work with these companies on a more regular basis and make it exclusive for a network because we've done Good Morning America several times. We've done the Today Show a bunch of times. We've done Fox a bunch of times. So yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing, but that was beautiful, wonderful, really starting to fall in love with New York City each time, which is like crazy because before I hated New York City, but I didn't know much about New York City. Um, and also too, I wanted to say um, we're vlogging. So we're not vlogging every day, but we're starting to vlog all this stuff outside of what we do. So you get a team of people, right? You get me, who's the person who's doing the seminar. And then you get my wife who manages everything behind the scenes. And then you get our full-time nanny who watches, obviously, my son Banks. And then you get a couple of videographers. And it's this whole thing. And, And so imagine traveling with that, and Banks, of course. So imagine traveling with like six people to a different country to do a seminar, a dog training seminar and all the stuff that happens. Like I'd hate to put out like a couple of clips in the seminar and be like, Hey, this dog was bad and now they're good. This person's happy. This person's happy. They came. It's all beautiful stuff. And we're going to put all that out. We're all going to, we're going to put out a bunch of different clips from the dog training uh, pieces, but we're going to make it simple. So what we used to do is we used to try to make a really cinematic dog training video and there were people that were on the videos kind of looking for that family vlog cinematography kind of like entertainment and then there was people looking for dog training and I just feel like maybe we need to separate them a little bit where I'm like hey this is a vlog so if you love the vlog you love the behind the scenes you want to know more about me and my family and all the things it takes or you just want to be entertained because it's entertaining as hell and all the thing we lost bags we got stuff stolen we it was just crazy you know but but it's like we don't document it it's like for me as a creator like i love creating stuff and i'm like why am i not documenting this stuff like we have a youtube channel it's great um people aren't going to like this as much as dog training because that's not why they're there but like at the same time it's it could create this whole other thing so we're starting the vlog so we did a vlog of um 
basically this this last can so the Toronto thing uh, or I'm sorry the Canada thing and then we just vlog New York City and I really like it so I'm thinking about doing a daily vlog for like two weeks <clears throat> I have a couple dogs coming in some friends that were I'm training their dogs for them to my own personal house next month and I I almost am thinking about doing like a daily vlog just to see what it's like <clears throat> just to see what you, you, a I'm going to be training these dogs from the ground up so you're going to get every day that you're going to say like, okay, how does Tom train a dog for two weeks? So you're going to get that. And then you're just going to get like the daily life. And I think that that would be, it's going to be so much work, but I really like creating and I really like challenging myself. And I'm just at a point in my career where I'm like, I want to create more. I want to do more. I want people to know more. Like, you know, it's not just, I'm not just a dog trainer. Like I'm so much more than that. And it's not like I'm a dog trainer. I go home, eat with my wife and go to bed not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just like I have so much more going on. And we just posted a vlog, a funny vlog um, that we actually filmed back in April. And I just approved like the revision on the edits. And it was just a freelance editor and he did a good job. It's just, um, you know, there's a lot more that we have going on. And um, anyway, so we're starting to do that a little bit. So be on the eyes for that. Um we're starting to, to vlog and kind of show people a little bit more of what we do. And I also think that we can create a bigger community off of that. Right now, there's a small pool of people with dog problems. And that's you guys. And I love you guys to death. Some of you guys may listen to this just for entertainment value. Or maybe you like the way that I can't talk or something. I don't know. But there's also just so much more. So we're going to be dipping into the travel and stuff because we travel all over the world with my young family. My son just completed his 37th flight in his third country. I just feel like that is going to bring value to people. And I feel like that's entertaining for people. One of my favorite, just to give you guys an example, like one of my favorite YouTubers is Casey Neistat. Um, He's a vlogger out of New York City. And um, I went to his office, checked it out from the outside. I didn't see him or anything. I I was hoping to see him, but I didn't. Um, and he just got a new puppy. So shout out to Casey. Uh, if you need any training, let me know anyway. Uh, and I just love like that documentation stuff. He's on a whole new level, but I just think it would be cool to like document the things that I get to do because it's, I'm going to look back on it and be like, wow, that was crazy. And I know that for a fact, like I know in 20 years, I'm going to look back on the shit that we were doing and be like, wow, I can't believe that we did that. Even like when we hop on a plane and people are like, oh, is this his first flight? We're like, oh, this is his 37th flight. They're like, tell me more. What are you doing? Why? How? What's the secret? (laughs) And I'm like, well, I do have my own secret on how to change a diaper in an airplane. I also have my own secret on what to pack. And we just like, we just learned so much. I'm like, we need to be documenting this. Anyway, so be on the lookout for that. We're going to get in some dog training questions right now. If you guys are listening to this and you want me to answer your dog training questions. uh, Oh, we also have some new merch. So we got some new merch coming out. We have a new t-shirt design and drum roll. We have the brand new No Bad Dog Treat Pouches launching this week as well. You guys have been asking for them. It has the squeaker in in the pouch. It has No Bad Dogs on it. It's beautiful. You may uh, have seen me wear it. You may see Al Roker from the Today Show wear it as well. Uh, It's a beautiful treat pouch that we designed and we've been working on for like four months. And it's finally here and we're finally launching it this week. So if you're listening to this after the fact of its launch, the link is in the description below. If it's not there, that means we haven't launched it yet. So um, I'm excited about that. Let's get into some questions. And if you guys want me to answer your questions, 
just because today I wanted to just give you guys an update because summer going into the fall and touring is absolutely nuts for us. And I just wanted to kind of unpack some things for you guys, for those of you who pay attention to the things that we do and why and whatever. I'm like that with creators I really love. I'm like, wait, when did they launch this? When did they do that? How is Canada? You're just going to go on, you're going to go on tour for three weeks and come back and act like it didn't happen. I hate that. So I'll just tell you, that's what it was. It was magical. It was beautiful. We were all safe. I didn't get sick. It was wonderful. I'm literally living a dream come true. And I can't thank you guys enough because you're the reason why I'm able to do it because you listen to my stuff and you show up and that means the world to me and you buy my stuff. And that helps me pay my bills. It helps me get a flight to London. (laughs) All right, you guys, we're going to get into some dog training questions. If you want me to answer your specific questions, all you guys have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart and leave your review. If you're listening to this on Spotify, do me a solid favor. Pause this podcast, go to Spotify, smash the five-star review. I appreciate it a lot. And we're going to get into it. Here we go. Kennedy. My puppy is a blue healer and he's good on leash. You have any tips and tricks? Um, I can't answer this because first thing is, is you should, I guess I can. Do I have any tips and tricks? Yes. Teach your dog leash pressure. Teach your puppy how to follow the leash. Teach your puppy how to follow you. Work on your engagement. I have an unbelievable catalog of introduction to leash pressure on my YouTube channel probably 40 hours worth you can spend all week every day and that would be because that's literally the question my puppy blue healer not good on leash what tips that's my tips for you (laughs) is go and start your relationship with the dog lots of motivation lots of positive reinforcement teach the dog what you want through leash pressure do small small sessions and i would again i have hundreds of hours of dog training footage, but I have very, very select videos on introducing leash pressure. I also have very specific puppy introduction to leash pressure videos that I think would be very helpful. Next question. Stacky Pants, Refeed Raw, five star. Trying to order Refeed Raw, would love to give you credit code, however it works, but I don't see a link anywhere. Love the show. All right, I'll leave a link in this description and you can check it out. Um, I have the links everywhere on my YouTube, but I'll leave them here as well. Next question, Ann Waro. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love this show and I want to know, I want you to know that I have a, I have a dog of my dreams. She's four-year-old healer and uh, she just, she does the simple things and she's helped. And you say you have helped me, help me make her one of the best decisions in my whole life and I had no prior dog experience. I spend time with the dog like you say stay consistent like you and sometimes i let her be a dog like you say she stopped reacting to squirrels on leash using your tips and our walks are now so much more peaceful sometimes i wonder how much of this awesomeness is me doing what you say versus genes of the dog well congratulations i'm very happy with you very happy for you all right next one comes from blur blue one two three eight seven hello i love all your analogies of training dogs i fight 90 percent of my clients daily on training quite frankly most of my clients don't care i struggle with this daily most of my clients point blank don't want to put in the work or have unrealistic expectations i am a veterinarian and not a kind you talk about in your podcast so to hear some of your podcasts towards my profession hurts my heart <clears throat> a lot of people do not hear what is actually being being said to them in the veterinary office. They take advice differently from me. 
I try not to push drugs, however they perceive it as I won't help them. I push working with their dog, finding what works for them and their pup. I do recommend your podcast for training and to a good friend of mine who is a balanced trainer. She recommended your podcast to me. Also, have you ever felt the guilt of taking on an owner into not euthanizing the dog or giving it away for behavioral and said dog maiming the family? I don't know what that mean. The family's child or killed other beloved dog. Because I have. That guilt for the child being hurt or another dog being dead because I fought for the others and not knowing, not knowing, most, wow. I will euthanize for behavior if an owner asks if I speak with them. I will euthanize for behavior if an owner asks after I speak with them. Some people just aren't realistically able to do all the work and don't know how to give the problem to someone else. I do try to talk to them to plant the seed of possible what to do. Anyway, I've said a lot, and I guess I'll just leave my three questions out of this mess. Okay, here we go. Tips to handle a strange mix of defiance, sensitivity, confidence, submissive peeing when a dog is being defiant. I have a young adult female rescued GSD who will pee if she's not if she, if she's being defiant. Not during correction, but if I call her to do anything that she hates, clean her ears, give injections. Um, well, if it's a natural thing like that, um, well, I, I guess I'll just respond. I, there's not a question in before's text, and there's not anything other than just, I guess, talking. But um, do I ever feel bad? Uh, sure, I would feel bad. But my job, you have to understand, is <clears throat> to give people options. And those options are up to them. And that's where I leave things on the table. I'm like, hey, you could make this successful if you want to. You have to decide what you want to do. And then outside of that is their decision. So it's a little bit different uh, for me because I'm a professional that is to give advice and to give them the reality of what could happen or what couldn't happen. And that's where I leave it because I think... 99% of the dogs that have behavioral problems are just because the owners, again, don't want to put in the work. And, you know, for you being a vet, that's also like, it's harder for you because they didn't pay you for that and they don't respect you for that. They're not going to listen to you for behavioral advice. So it's harder for you because they just want the easy way out, which is just kill the dog. And so when they come to a trainer like myself, a specialist in behavior, I have the option to say, hey, you could help this problem or even fix it. But you have to put in the work and you have to do these things. And if you don't, then there could be a tragic outcome. And that's on you. That's not on me. That's not my responsibility. I train people to train their dogs. I don't train dogs. So that's where right when they walk into my door, that goes out the window. And we make that very clear under all of our consulting services on the podcast or in person for boarding trains. We are not going to train your dog. That is not our job. Our decade year, decade of over 10 years of being successful with dogs has come from teaching owners how to do the work. And if they decide they don't want to do the work, that's on them. That has nothing to do with us, unfortunately. So tips on handling a strange, defiant dog who pees on herself every time you ask her to do something. That If that is becoming an involuntary thing where the dog is just losing sense of... Um, her bladder when she gets nervous there's nothing you could do about that except take away the trigger of calling the dog to do something because oftentimes I find that you saying hey dog come and they're like nope I don't want to 
that anticipation will make that dog nervous enough to do something like that. But if you just get the dog, maybe go outside and start doing said thing, you might not get that nervousness. So that's the first. Have you ever fought for the life of a dog and later did something you felt guilty for? Hurt a child? If so, how do you handle it? Um, I don't think so. I'm sure it has happened. It just hasn't been brought to my attention because of the reasons I said earlier. So I always tell people like, that English Mastiff or that Shepherd that you guys have seen in my videos recently about my e-collar, I say basically if if you don't control this dog, it's a loaded gun and this dog can and will hurt somebody. But that has nothing to do with me. My My job is to tell them what they have at the end of the leash and to tell them how to overcome it and make this dog safe for the community that they live in. And if they don't do it, again, that's on them. That's not my job. So I don't remember anything. Um, so I, I, I don't. Um, but how I handle it is, again, like ho however you handled it in the beginning. If I tell a dog owner, that's why I created No Bad Dogs, right? I know for a fact that genetics play a role in dogs' behavior. And there's dogs that are born mean and nasty and aggressive, right? But No Bad Dogs is rep representation of people not wanting to put in the work with a dog that needs work. And so they kill it and they kill it and they kill it, right? That's what we do as a society. Typically when we have a problem with something is we just get rid of it, right? So that's how I don't, that's how I don't get these things often is because I make it very clear. These are your options, right? But I will say, and I don't know your background and I don't know what your qualifications are, but I will say that oftentimes veterinarians, and I've said this before, I have vet friends, I have great vets that I work with. And there's also, you know, the same thing with trainers. There's also really bad vets and they don't, they're scared and they don't want to work with dogs and they'll kill dogs at will. Um, and there's, you know, we have so many clients are veterinarians and we have so many people, including yourself that listen to all, everything that we do that are veterinarians. But at the same time, vets don't do behavior. So they don't train with behavior. They don't know behavior typically. So when you give advice to a dog owner on behavior and it's not get, the, the information isn't properly given or the owner isn't looking at you for behavioral help. So, so there's a fine line there that you have to be careful of because if somebody came to me and was like, Hey, my dog's paw is like kind of looking infected. And I looked at it and I'm like, well, yeah, it kind of looks like it's a little rat, like a little rash. You know, you might want to clean it out, let it air out, just watch it for the next couple of days. And if it doesn't get better, maybe go to a vet. And then the second day, it, the her leg falls off. It's like, oh, well, I, I don't know why, you know, I was just telling you like some advice of like, oh, this is what I would do, right? And that's where vets typically are with behavior. Yes, they work with dogs and cats and turtles and hamsters and guinea pigs and whatever every day, but they're, they don't know any, they don't study behavior. They don't, they don't know how to give advice about behavior. They're not trainers. They don't train dogs. They don't work with behavior. There's, that's a different thing. And so, uh, and we've done that. We've done that podcast before, where we've done the research on. I think there's one veterinary school in the entire country, and the most education they spend on behavior is two weeks. I think it's Michigan. It could be updated now. This was a long time ago, so forgive me if I'm incorrect on this. But that's so. You just have to like, if you're giving people behavioral advice, you should be referring them to um, probably balanced dog trainers that can take it from there. Or, or any type of dog trainer, really, that has experience with that. So again, like, you know, I just stay in my lane and I don't, you know, but, but I'm also really honest. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to solve this problem for you. 
I can solve it with you, but it takes two to tango. And if you're not willing to do it, there, there, this isn't going to work. So I'm very clear about that as well. And I don't know if vets have that option because I don't know. I just, it's a different, it's a different scenario. So what can I do as a veterinarian to better help my clients in behavior? I find so many people don't want their want to hear behavior modification from me. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just saying. I can't control the clients and don't believe, I can't control my clients who don't believe in punishment and walk a fine line between considering horrible human because I believe in respect and consequences. Yeah, I would just, again, this is simple. Find a trainer that you uh, respect and that you value and that you trust with taking the behavioral clients that you have and referring them to that person. And that's the, you do your job, they do theirs. Once you start getting, you know, if I started getting into like telling people medical advice, that would, A, I would never do that. B, it would get really messy really quick. Like, it's just weird. Like, I would never do that. Even though I see dogs every day and people are looking for advice, I would never cross that line because I wouldn't help and it's unethical. And so you just have to make sure, again, like veterinarian of the science and the health of the dog and being able to do all the things that you went to school for is much needed and greatly appreciated. But as soon as you start giving behavioral advice is where... Even if you were the best, they're still not going to take you seriously because they didn't come to you for that and they're not going to respect you for that likely. So I would just find a trainer that can do all that work for you. And then if they decide to go, great. And if they don't, there's nothing you could do, unfortunately. Next one, Jazzy Fletcher. No real question, but thank you for making these podcasts so often because you help a lot of dogs and people. You are such an amazing person. Thank you so much for all you do. Your podcasts and videos have really helped me in training my lab. I also work in veterinary medicine, veterinary assistant, so it's nice to have someone like you have some insight on behavior and what to do and what not to do. Thanks, Jasmine. Appreciate it. Next one, Welsh5718. Such a helpful podcast. Thanks. Hi, Tom. Your show is awesome. Uh, Your content has helped me out with our Leash skills. We have a two-year-old spayed female Doberman mix who has gone through training with an e-collar. We just got a male golden retriever puppy at nine weeks old and have been introduced our dogs throughout a fence and did pretty well with the first meeting. When we tried letting the puppy into the yard with our Doby leash, it went well at first, but we were able, sorry, there's no butt there. We were able to get our Doby in a place down stay nearby where the pup was laying down. But when the pup got up and started walking around, the doby tensed up and began barking at the pup. So we called it quits after that. We're going to wait a little bit longer trying to introduce them again, but I wanted to ask if you had any pointers. Well, you got to be careful. I think from what I'm reading is you got to be careful about putting a dog into a downstay and then letting the other dog of question or of new to the pack wander because it makes the situation tense. Because let's say, let's say we say, okay, doby, downstay and stay right there. Don't move. And then they're looking at the puppy and they're like, okay, I'm okay with this picture. And then the puppy gets up and starts walking. Now they're like, oh God, they're moving. I have to stay here. I don't want to misbehave. So it makes it very tense naturally because that's what you've created under those circumstances. So you just have to really make sure that you're kind of giving the dogs both freedom to feel comfortable with one another. Because it's almost like putting a dog into a downstay is like a punishment around the dog. And then the puppy's going to be wandering around and the dog's going to feel vulnerable. Um, so I would just let them meet through a chain link fence. If you don't have one, go to your local tennis court, do it there and just let them meet and then go for walks and then integrate them in. Or if you have baby gates at home, that would be good without any pressure. Cause it's like, you know, you always hear people don't let, you don't want to get tense on the leash when dogs are meeting cause it could send the wrong message. Well, it's the same thing. If you put your dog into a downstay and let the other dog walk around that dog, 
you're putting the dog in a vulnerable situation that may be unfair. So that's my Rex. Good luck. Thanks for listening. Uh, Camelgar, five-star review. Thanks, Tom. Please help. I love this podcast. I wish I knew about this stuff before I got my first dog. I do have a question with Stranger Danger. I have a two-year-old Aussie mix. I've had him for a year. And he's, and he's so two-year-old Aussie mix. This person has had this dog for half this dog's life at two years. I've had him for a year and he's, he has a bite history and he gives no warning for that. What, hold on. Jeez. Where am I going here? I just clicked on something. Here we go. At least no one, at least no one that would give you enough time to do anything. He has, he can approach a person. And as soon as this person tries to interact, he just snaps at any second or he's just fine and he's okay, which is mostly is if we're outside on a trail or a park or a hike. Very unpredictable in that sense. He is a very skittish in general, general, and he may seem like he's comfortable with a stranger, but sometimes, but it can all change within seconds. I'm so worried that I'll never be able to have a guest because of this. How do I manage him around strangers and build his confidence? Obviously, just can't have him. Obviously, I can't bring strangers or friends into the house to train with him because I don't want anybody to get hurt. My mother will be staying at my house for a couple weeks in June, and I have no clue how I'm going to keep her safe. So, a couple things. Um, and again, like, shooting from the hip here um, with a podcast question with nobody to talk to. I would just say if you have a dog that is uh, randomizing their reactivity or their aggressive behavior, you have one really easy way to make this successful. He's good with you and your partner or whoever else is living in the house. And so it seems. So if you have other people, here's, here's do not let other people pet or interact with your dog, period. If you follow those instructions, you will be 1000% successful moving forward. The moment you say, you ask yourself, my dog is unpredictable. My dog is a 50-50 chance on being aggressive towards people. So when you let people come up and interact with your dog, you are setting your dog up and that person up for failure. You are the middleman making the wrong decision. Do not do that. Simply say, no, my dog's in training. Now, if you have people over, you're going to be working on obedience, so pushing your dog away um, to certain locations. So listen, your dog if your dog is upset enough to bite somebody, they don't want to be around these people. So when I say put your dog away while you have guests over, don't feel bad. Your dog doesn't want to be there, okay? Your dog does not want to be there. If your dog is stressful enough to cause harm to another person, because of how uncomfortable they're being, the situation they're being put in, put your dog in the other room and your dog won't care. Okay? Muzzle training your dog. This is a great candidate. The dog should be muzzle trained if we're randomly biting people. So if you do want to say, well, my dog kind of freaks out in the other room, okay, get your dog out, put your dog in a muzzle, work on your obedience, tell your guest, do not pet my dog, don't look at my dog, don't touch my dog. If you have a backyard, send your dog out back. If you want this person to be introduced with your dog, your mom, go for walks every day, every morning. It's totally fine. So so many people have, it's an inconvenient, sure, but that's it. It's all it is. Just keep your dog safe and keep your people safe. If I had, if Lakota was a man eater, I can have people over to my house every single day, every day. I'd have a sign on the door that says, don't walk in, ring the doorbell. Done. Nobody gets hurt. She's out back. They leave. If I need to bring her through, I put her on a leash and I bring her through. That's it. Just cross your T's and dot your I's here. Don't, don't make such a big deal out of like making your dog 
like new people or being friendly with new people, they don't want to do that. And the people that are there don't want to be a guinea pig. So don't be afraid to put your dog in the other room for their safety. Don't be afraid to tell your, tell your people like, oh, my dog's in that room. He's a little stranger people. Moving on. And now we're doing this. It's okay to do that. Like, don't be afraid to do that. All right, you guys, that's it for today. We'll see you Wednesday. We'll talk to you Wednesday. We'll talk to you later this week anyway, if you're listening to this later. Appreciate you guys listening. All of the UK and and all that fun stuff and the tickets are going to be listed in the link below. I appreciate you guys so much, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.